This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, Cherries fans. Good evening, fans of Leeds United. Good evening, fans of Leicester City. And good evening, fans of Everton. This is the preview of the relegation battle down at the bottom of the Premier League here on Up the Cherries in all departments. Now, I do have three fans with me. Um, All these have been recorded over the past couple of days as well. But we have Connor from the Toffee Blues. We have Chris from Leicester Till I Die TV. And we've got Kate from Leeds Bird Rants as well on the show here. Um, So what we'll do is we'll get stuck into that. We'll find out as well. And I've asked each of them to do their own predictions, starting with the team in 19th place. Of course, that's Leeds. And then moving themselves up to the team in 17th, of course, the team at the moment in the safety spot, which is Everton. Two of these teams will be getting relegated from the Premier League on Sunday. Leave in the comments below who you think it will be. We'd really appreciate a subscription and also some likes of this video. And please do share it around. If you're a fan of one of these clubs or another club as well involved in this, like ourselves, West Ham, and of course, Spurs. Those three teams, although they can't be relegated, could have a big say in this whole picture. So let's get this started and let's go to the team in 17th spot first, which is Everton. Of course, under the management of Sean Dyche now, we did have our special guest on recently, Damon Minchella from Ocean Colour Scene, um, to discuss this game. So do check out that video as well after this one. Um, but let's welcome on our first guest, Connor from the Toffee Blues. Welcome back, Connor. How are you doing, mate? Good, really good. Uh, nice to be back. A little bit nervous for the weekend, but other than that, yeah. Of course, of course. And Everton, as, as if anybody doesn't know, do have ourselves um so i I tell you what i've been asking everybody where it went wrong um so far this season firstly but let's go back to those two games 
um, the last two games before the World Cup for Everton and Bournemouth. And um, Frank Lampard was in charge. And let's be honest, I said to Damon Minchella the other day um, from Ocean Colour Scene, I said, Everton are the worst side that I've seen down here so far this season. But things have improved, haven't they? Yeah, um, I mean... Yes, it's not gone. I don't think it's gone as well as some people would like. It depends which Everton fans you ask. It's a glass half empty, glass half full. Some, I think, expected us to be better and are yeah. disappointed. But statistically, we are we are miles better. Um, if he took over sooner, we'd be okay. Um, that, that week, um, those two games, for me, I, re- I remember speaking to you around the same time and... I, I'm pretty sure I said afterwards that he he had to go, and this was before the World Cup break. Yeah. Um, it was it was one. No disrespect to Bournemouth, but the performance was enough. Never mind the score, the performance was enough to sort of see the writing was on the wall. Like, I'm not just saying it because oh, you know, we lost seven goals in a week to Bournemouth. Uh, it, it's more the performance wasn't there. I think tactically, it was very clear he's um, way out of his depth at this football club. And, you know, going back to that earlier question, of course, a lot has gone wrong at Everton. Frank Lampard is one part of it, but a lot more has gone wrong as well. Um, are you able to talk us through it, Connor? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's It's been a, a mess from... It's, it's been a mess, uh, honestly, if you were going to say how long for... Some fans would argue way before Fad Nigeri's takeover, um, mm-hmm. Blue Union, Everton fans, there were protests towards Bill Kenwright uh, long before Nigeri came over saying that he had to go. He obviously sold uh, the majority shares to Fad Nigeri. Um, I think fans thought that would be the end of him. He'd probably sit in his director's box, enjoy enjoy watching his team, but 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 that would be it in his involvement. Instead, he's been kept on um, and been making big decisions at the football club as well. He's part of the board. You know, he, as much as he might play it down, he must be making big decisions at the board level. Um, and since Fad Mishiri, it's been, oh, I, I don't know if there's ever been such a high to such a low, 500 million in his, yep. in his tenure. Uh, you know, we were signing players left, right and centre, which is something before he took over, Everton weren't used to. Under David Moyes, with um, Ken Ryan in charge, we were a lot more strategic in the windows. We looked at stats, we looked at players that were in leagues that nobody would really buy from. When you think the likes of Nikita Jelovic, nobody would have looked at him from like Croatia. If, you know, people wouldn't look at it now, never mind back then. Um, but... It's just what happens when you... Um, it'd be like having a Ferrari and the engine's knackered, but you keep whacking new paint over it. You're, eventually, it's going to break down, whether you like it or not. The paint's not going to gloss over everything. Um, and that's Everton now. The rust's starting to show. The new lick of paint isn't doing as well. Um, and the rot's starting to set in. It seems like Mashiri has backed Everton as a football club, but it's just how that money has been spent is just it's been spent on a lot of rubbish really let's be honest yeah financially i'd be a hypocrite to sit here now and say that he's you know financially he's not supporting the club he is there's fans mm-hmm. out there of football clubs that have the polar opposite where they need stuff and no money's coming um it's is 
lack i think where he struggles is his lack of leaving somebody else to deal with it like he's spoken um about yeah. Fulton, for example he watched him the sikatas versus monaco in the champions league liked Genk Tosin, was like oh he'll do well for everton and just went and got him no discussion really obviously some discussion with the manager but ultimately he was like i really want him i think he's brilliant there's rumors of players going out and agents going out to yachts in the middle of the ocean discussing it it's almost like um, he wants to be involved fully, wants his hands in and amongst it. And uh, unfortunately, I, he's not qualified to do that. He's an accountant or was an accountant before he owned Everton Football Club. He's not a football in mind. He's a fan. It'd be like me owning the football club. It, as much as it might seem like a great idea, ultimately, you need people who know football Um and you need people singing off the same hymn sheets as well. Unfortunately, at Everton, there's too many people singing off different hymn sheets. I remember back in the early noughties, um, of course, Everton got into the Champions League. And it was a qualif- uh, qualifier, wasn't it, against Villarreal that um, was very, very unlucky not to get through. Um, I believe it was in that Duncan Ferguson scored one to tie it up. Or was that right at the end? Yeah, and there's a dual referee decision there, ultimately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it Kalina that refereed that game yeah. as well? Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. There's a blast from the past. But back then, Everton were a club that was well run with not bags of money. You know, a lot of older players, a lot of older heads um, and legends, Duncan Ferguson, Massive legend at the club, uh, Thomas Gravison as well, another legend. It was a club that had loads of people around under the stewardship of David Moyes. And all of that just seems to have fallen off a cliff for a load of players that, you know, are maybe youngsters, but see Everton either as a stepping stone or, you know, that they're just not as good as they're cracked up to be, and that the scouting's not there that used to be um, there in the past. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a mixture of both, isn't it? It's, um, it's a prime example of kid in a sweet shop, for one. <laughs> um, so if we got all that money and straight away we're spending it like, like an 11-year-old who's just been given £50. Um, yeah. And also, uh, obviously, David Moyes was there for... 11 years, a decade of building up, um, you know, a club, an ethos uh, or hard work. And regardless of what was going on above him or the lack of money, him and his team were left, from what I can gather, I've watched a couple of interviews with him um, where he was basically, it was him and his team. There was no, you know, he'd speak to the chairman, but ultimately David Moyes made the decisions because it's his team. Um, And he was left to create that. um, And he got a lot of time to create that as well. And then ultimately, modern football is hit, a lot of money. The more you spend, the more pressure you get. We got Roberto Martinez. That first season of him, it looked like we were going to be something. Lukaku, Barkley, and then that fell away. And then ultimately, you know, like I said, modern football hit. You've got managers where David Moyes, who struggled in his first couple of years and then built on to stabilise us. You don't get that anymore. You don't get, you know, even Alex Ferguson when he first went to United wasn't a success straight away. You don't get that stability anymore in modern football. So Roberto Martinez got a couple of seasons, then he got the boot. Um, Ronald Koeman got the same, a couple of seasons and then the boot. Um, And then 
the decisions on who to manage us then went from okay to ambitious to worse, almost ambitious for the sake of you have to play a certain way, aka Frank Lampard, because I know people will be sitting there going, why didn't you give Frank Lampard three or four years? That was ambitious to the levels of almost silly, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was qualified enough for a Premier League job. I still don't think he is. He's done really well to get that Chelsea job because he's nowhere near qualified for that, um, yeah. regardless of managing number four in each showing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, unfortunately, modern football's changed and we've not changed with it. Um, and David Moyes, when left um, in full control, showed you know why managers, you think Ferguson, Ferguson had con- a lot of control at United. Um, I think it comes to too many chefs for the broth. One thing that um, I always thought as well, when Everton appointed Sean Dyche, we were linked to him, of course, when Scott Parker was sacked after that thrashing across the park that we received early on in the season. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, can't stand Liverpool just because of that now. So, um, yeah, we're much on Everton's side here. Um, but... <laughs> There was mentions of us appointing um, Sean Dyche ourselves, but we was uh, well. I was of the thought that he's a long ball merchant, you know, get balls into the box, and we didn't don't play like that. We've only got one big player up front, Kiefer Moore, and when he turned up at Everton, I thought exactly the same. Um, is that unfair to say that? I'd say slightly. I'd say we're more. We looked more long ball under Frank Lampard at times. Mm-hmm. Obviously, missing Calvert Lewin doesn't help. But we'd had Neil Moypai up front, and you think, oh, maybe he'll play this passing football. Everyone thinks he's capable. You know that he is synonymous with him. No, mm-hmm. it was still lumped up to Neil Moypai. Since Deitch has come in, um, it's not. I, I think direct. He does like it to be direct. Obviously, he knows we're not a team that can pass it around 50 passes before we score. Um, yeah. He wants the passes to ideally be forward instead of backwards and across the side. Um, but he's not, I don't think it's lumping it up for the sake of lumping it. It's more aggressive, win the ball. Because um, another thing people think, you know, it was just lay back, um, let, let the other team have loads mm-hmm. of stuff. We press very well. Um, we have been pressing this season. I think his main thing is keep compact, win the ball, and then sprint as quickly as you can when you look at our running distances players are achieving high running it's a hook or crook whether it is a long or direct pass or it's sprinting up the pitch it's getting the ball from our end to their end as quickly as possible hoping to sting them on the counter so it is it is counter but i don't think it's knocking balls down channels aimlessly and i think the i think the prime example of that was the brighton game that we won yeah we held off that time we didn't press because Brighton's whole thing is letting teams press and then mm-hmm. exposing the gaps that the teams leave. So we were like, we'll just leave them, but we'll hit them quickly on the break, get it down to the channels, have the wingers run at them and then try and get the balls into the area as quickly as you can. Not always long ball. A lot of them were sprints. A lot of distance was covered from the likes of Onana, Decore, one of the prime examples. He was unreal in that game. So I think long ball um, merchant, I mean, he is susceptible to him, but I wouldn't define him as that. Um, I think, honestly, watching a couple of his interviews before he got the job, watching him now, um, I think he's hard to completely pin Sean Deitch because obviously Burnley, he is his only real job before us. 
Um, obviously, I think that there was that Watford stint, but I don't think anybody's really paying as much attention to that as the Burnley one. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, what can he do when if the tools are better? Which is what I think he looks at Everton and is with a bit of ambition. If we keep him and if we stay up, um, we're getting a takeover potentially. It's money now that he's never had before. It's a higher degree of players than he's never had before. I think he sees this as a good opportunity to to make a different stamp on the world of football. Playing devil's advocate here, if things are going against Everton on the final day of the season, um, of course, Goodison, they, the Everton fans will be kicking every ball. But it could be quite a hostile place, especially for the owners and Bill Kenwright, if things are going wrong. Um, on the pitch. If things are going wrong, how does Dice change it? What, what is he going to revert to? You know, say for example, there's 20 minutes left. Um, uh, it's it's tough at the minute because um, Goodison is going to be brilliant in terms of the first. It, it's going to be brilliant up until the first goal. Then, depending where that goes, it will be fantastic, or it's going to be really tense because every fan's going to start panicking. Um, and you'll hear, you can hear a, a coin drop there. It'll be that tense. Um, it's tough because we've, we've played with a bit of injuries. Uh, like you said, it, it's not going our way right now. It looks like we potentially have no out-and-out fullbacks and no yeah. striker in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, and I think in the Wolves game, we saw him not panic, but he was making choices. The fans originally were like, okay, sticking Michael Keane up on the hope that he'd win some headers. Um so I think we'll see him try and change. Um, but ultimately, he's, he's weirdly, and he gets a bit of stick for this, he's one of those that if he truly believes in something, he'll ride it out. So unless, you know, do or die, if it's if we're drawing, for example, and something, because modern day football, somebody's going to tell him if one of the other two teams have started jump does and someone says we need a win, I can see him chucking on the kitchen sink then because that is do or die. But ultimately, I can see him just steady and if we're playing okay mm-hmm. steady in the ship and going if we're playing right it will come type of us like mentality towards it but obviously if somebody then goes our oh, leads have just scored they're winning they're about to leapfrog us and it's like the 80th minute i can see him start throwing on the defenders because we don't have any attackers he'll start throwing michael Keane up front and stuff like that yeah no fair enough fair enough um before we go into the predictions, sorry, Connor, we're going to have to do it. Um, do tell us a little bit, a bit more about your channel and where to find it. Yeah, it's uh, the Toffee Blues um, or at Everton Newsfeed on Twitter, uh, which is where you can find us mainly. And on YouTube, it's uh, at the Toffee Blues. Um, we've got uh, match reactions, ratings, previews, opposition uh, pre- scout reports like uh, on players and opposition views like this. Mm-hmm. excellent stuff and all the details will be in the comment section below as well right let's do this connor um we got to predict um if everton are going to stay up so um how i've been doing this with everybody so far um and you're the first one to do this according to this video um i have done them already i only i know the results at this time but let's start with leeds who, of course, start the day in 19th place. They've got Spurs at home. Are Leeds going to get anything from that? Are they going to win, draw? 
see everybody I've said, I've spoke to, even Leeds fans have said no. But um, I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get something. I can see them getting a, a draw um, at least. I, I'm a little bit worried that they're going to get a win. Um, I think Tottenham Hotspur are in a really tough spot that they don't know who's coming to take over in the summer and the players. I know they've still got Europe, the conference to play for. I think they're a point off it, aren't they? Um, yeah. But when you look at their performances, you wouldn't think European football still up for grabs. They look like a team who are now already planning to go on holiday in the summer where they're going. Do you think, um, if I had to press you for an answer, what do you reckon, draw or a win for Leeds? I think a draw just because Harry Kane is in, in form still. It, it's Their bad performances is overshadowing that he's in form at the minute. Okay, fair enough. So Leeds, that would actually relegate Leeds. So they're gone. Um, let's go to the next one. To be honest, this might make it completely irrelevant now. Leicester versus West Ham. How do you think that's going to go? This is um this is tough because I watched West Ham are obviously um they've just got that final to think about now they're safe yeah. it's all about the final um but I thought they were gonna have that attitude against Leeds and they never um I and Leicester have just come from a really well earned but very very tough point against Newcastle um it was unbelievable how Newcastle didn't win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see Leicester getting. It it fully depends what squad David Moyes puts out, but um, I can see Leicester potentially getting a win just because if he rotates, I think they're open to it. Fair enough. So, if Leicester win, that puts Everton in the bottom three. Connor, you know what we're going to ask next? Are you going to beat us? you have to beat us now that's the thing you have to beat us if Leicester are going to win you have to beat us yeah um, I mean yeah I hope so I hope so I don't want to say because you know it's um, I don't want to tempt fate uh, and jinx it but um, I hope so I hope we can um, we can get a win I think yeah, now that I've said Leicester um, are going to win, I sort of we have to now. We have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't. I can't quite physically bring myself to say anything other than a win. Now that I know that I've, I've boxed myself in there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with a win. But ultimately, I can see all three teams losing it and us staying up by default as well because it's just the most, un, you know, anticlimactic way to end the Premier League relegation race like that. Yeah. Oh, crikey, it would be. It would be. And it's it's been a crazy season, you know, to have that many teams in it. You know, with four weeks left to go of the season, we were quite lucky that we pulled clear. But um, I wouldn't have no fingernails at this point in time if, you know, we were still in it. And I think um, it's going to be really, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Personally, well, I'll give my prediction at the end of this show as well, um, who I think will stay up. But, um, yeah, are we on the beach or does Gary O'Neill want the final win of the season? We shall find out. But, Connor, 
absolute pleasure to have you back on again. You know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll do this next year. And all the very, very best to Everton on Sunday as well. Um, you know, we, we shall see what happens. But um, yeah, Everton haven't been relegated since 1951. Um, I actually did a little bit of research. The first game that Everton played was against Sheffield United. Um, it seems a horrible way to bow out the last game against ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it, it'd be a, it'd be a real shame. We have, I mean, the one thing I will say is we have um, needing a win on the last day of the season to avoid relegation. While it might be new in my lifetime, isn't new to Everton Football Club. Um, there's obviously the Coventry game, and I think the other one was Wimbledon. So it's not unrenounced. You know, my dad reminisces about Barry Horn all the time to save yep. us. So um, I'm just hoping, you know, almost like Real Madrid with the Champions League, you know, and it's got that sort of, sort of, you know, relationship of, oh, you know, I'm just hoping the Premier League just manages to pull some sort of magic, anything. That's where we're grasping onto now, faith, uh, faith and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully. Uh, fingers crossed for you, mate. But um, all the very, very best for the final game of the season. And no doubt we'll catch up sometime soon. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, mate. There we go. That is what Connor has said from the Toffee Blues. So he has predicted Everton to stay up. Not really any surprises there. Um, I think you'll probably see a trend. You'll see a trend. Uh, That's why I'm going to do my prediction at the end. And I'm really sorry if I upset people. Um, Got nothing against any of these teams. I'm just going to say it as I see it and give reasoning behind that as well. So, of course, the team in 18th place starting Sunday will be Leicester City. Of course, a team not so long ago that won the Premier League, believe it or not, under Claudio Ranieri. Of course, they've had a couple of managers since then, ended up with Brendan Rodgers. Um, Brendan Rodgers didn't do very well this season. He did win the FA Cup a couple of years back, um, but are now under the management of Dean Smith after despising to dispose of Brendan's services. And it's a pleasure to welcome back on to the show, Chris from Lesser Till I Die TV. Hello, Chris. How are you doing, mate? Well, uh, better than I was two days ago. Uh, I've never been as happy... Uh, watching my team only have one shot on goal in 96 minutes. But um, what what a goal that would have been had it gone in. But look, you know, we're we we we're still we're going into the last day with still a chance of staying up. And I, if you'd offered me that, you know, two or three months ago, I'd have, I'd have beaten your hand off. Fair enough. I know what you're going to say here, but recap, where's it gone wrong for Leicester? Oh... Put your feet up, everybody. Get a cup of cocoa. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I will begin. Go um, on. Do you know, we as a club like to try and stay within FFP rules. Yeah. We've been done once before when we were in the uh, championship and we paid the fine and what have you. But you, to us, when yes, we're rich. And if you look at, you know, it's all relative, you know. Rochdale will look at the likes of Bournemouth and Leicester and go, "You're rich," just like we look at Newcastle and Man City and go, "They're rich." Yeah. Um, so 
we can't afford. We haven't got lawyers that are, you know that can get us out of things like Man City can or Chelsea can, or you know, and we're not one of the big six, so we don't get away with things like that. So we finished um, last season eighth in the top tier and a semi final of a European Cup competition. Mm-hmm. The season though was not that good. It no. looked better than it actually was. Uh, a lot of huge open wounds were sort of held together by plasters that were coming apart. It looked to be a better season than it actually was. We were coming out of COVID with a, uh, a company that owns us that their whole business was not, you know, based in oil. They're not a huge American conglomerate that owes about, you know, that owns a basketball team, a netball team, a baseball mm-hmm. team, or what have you. Their money is based on tourism. Yeah. Which, under normal circumstances, is one of the biggest things we spend money on after homes and cars. Um, but obviously, it was also the biggest thing that got hit during uh, COVID because no, nobody could travel. So when your parent company sort of, uh, Owns owns like you know duty free shops and and you know hotels. Obviously, they're going to they're going to be hit. Mm-hmm. That said, we were a well run club, and we but we'd been warned by UEFA that we had to be careful with our with our spending. Yeah, and had we qualified for Europe at the end of last season, we would have possibly got um, FFP fines. Mm-hmm. And UEFA's FFP fines, in fairness, are a lot bigger than, than the Premier League. So um, we then, obviously, at the start of this season, still had hopes of qualifying for Europe. <laughs> How wrong were we? Um, so we had to try and balance the books. We've got a lot of average players that were on good wages because we'd been doing so well. We hadn't sold Tielemans when we should have done. And we, you know, we base our whole structure of running the club is based on selling one big player a season yeah. we don't have to but that is you know it does help we get somebody like Mares in for four hundred twenty-five thousand, selling for 50 million 60 million mm-hmm. you know it does help fund the club we didn't do that and we kind of did like a Leeds did under sort of O'Leary and Risdale we were trying to keep up with that top four top five um, and it wasn't to be, you know, we haven't got the back in no disrespect to Newcastle of them. We had a couple of good seasons, but then we had to haul it back. Top, the owner should have come out and said something at the start of the season. He didn't. He waited until deadline transfer day and the programme notes to say, this is why we haven't spent. You know, we've got 25 players. We can't get rid of the players we've got. And we can't afford to bring in new players that aren't going to be playing or pay current players that aren't going to be playing. You know, we've already got the likes of Vestergaard and Bertram that, that fell into that category. Um, but, of course, you can only have 25 players. That's all you can register. So, by that time, most Leicester fans were pissed off. Yeah. Blaming Rodgers. It had kind of hung Rodgers out to dry. Um, so, no players came in until we sold for Farner. That cocked up the start of the season. He went on strike and... and uh, Threw his spat his dummy out the pram, uh, the pram. Um, couldn't bring anybody in until that point, and it was about phase. Uh, we then had an awful start, and we had we had injuries, and I don't want to blame injuries because we'd had injuries the year before, but it was just an awful start. Rogers should have gone then. We then had um, a bit of a a bit of a resurgence, if you like. Um, 
We beat a couple of teams that, no disrespect, we should have been beating. You know, the likes of Everton, the likes of Forest. On paper, you look at it, you think they are teams that we should, you know, Leeds, that we should have been beating. So it was no big stick that we were. But throw into that, you guys were beating us. And I don't mean anything disrespectful to Bournemouth at all. But again, on paper, having just sacked your manager, you know, having a guy that's running the club that's had no managerial experience, yeah, we would have expected to beat you. But of course, we didn't. It was the other way around. And you deservedly beat us. Um, we lost to Southampton. You know, Rogers was coming out with every excuse. It was too hot. And, you know, the, the players weren't experienced enough. Yet we got beaten by the youngest team ever to have played in the Premier League in Southampton, you know, the, the grass was too long. You know, somebody had his shorts on the wrong way around. You know, you could <laughs> bus drivers yeah. in Leicester could not get insurance because we were running over that many city players that Brendan had thrown under the bus that <clears> nobody <throat> would insure them. Um, it was ridiculous. Then the World Cup came along and he should have gone then, but he yeah. didn't. Top felt some sort of loyalty to him, um, because he wasn't able to back him. And he came back, we had a couple of wins, we got some new players in the January transfer window. Look, Brendan Rodgers didn't want to be there, It was that was obvious. Uh, he should have gone, we left it too late to sack him. Uh, managers, like anything else, have a, have a use-by date, yeah. you know. Rodgers had gone past his use-by date and was beginning to stink the place out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't call him Brenda Bellend for no reason, you know. Um <laughs> He, he, he should have gone. He didn't. Uh, yeah. He's taken us down. Uh, he was. I mean, he would not play Soyuncu mm-hmm. because Soyuncu's head was turned because he was being linked with Atletico Madrid. Well, yeah. he has now come out and said that he would have. He wouldn't have signed a contract if he was offered one anyway. Although he wasn't offered one, because why would he sign for a club that didn't want to play him? And yet. Rogers would play Yuri Tillemans, who has refused to sign a contract for two years. He actually refused to sign a contract. We put what he, I mean, he had his favourites, and as somebody once said, he didn't have a he didn't have a small squad. He just had a small uh, a small number of players that he trusted, or he want you know we would choose from. So, eighty percent of it has to sit at Brendan's head. 10% with, with top and then 10% with the chief executive and the director of football who's sort of let top down. Of course, all three... <laughs> You're asking me now, don't you? <laughs> all three teams in this battle are all finishing the season with different managers mm. to the ones that they started with. Um, of course, Dean Smith is Leicester's manager. Are you happy with what he's done so far? As happy as I could be. I mean, it's a very interesting thing because I think Everton changed the manager at the right time mm-hmm. because we immediately have that little bit of a bounce. We know the new manager bounce. And yeah. Then it wears off, but he's had time to come back and, and get another couple of good results. Um, Leeds, I think, have left it too late, even by our standards, because I think we left it too late. The problem was when we decided to finally sack top, we had nobody in mind to come in. There was no plan B in place. And when things are going that wrong, as a club, like I say, that the, the Susan Whelan, the chief executive, John Rudkin, the director of football, should be looking at that at this and going, God, we need to have, we need to have a plan B here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and there was no plan B. And that's why I say they let 
they let top down. Dean Smith's come in. Now, look, he's been welcomed back, or he was welcomed, not back, but he was welcomed with, you know, relief and that we'd finally got somebody new. Uh, we'd had two weeks of uh, a standing manager who was no different to Brendan. He's, he he decided that the, the best thing that he could do was to play the same way that Brendan had been playing, even yeah. though that got us into <laughs> where we were. Yeah. Um, but Dean Smith came with Craig Shakespeare. Yeah. Who had been with us under Pearson, had been with another great, you know, escape of fourteen fifteen, had been part of Ranieri's title winning team, had been a manager for a while and saved us from relegation, and and so he was bringing him back. So it was a case of yeah, welcome in. And of course, John Terry, uh, mm-hmm. apart from allegedly the players' wives, everybody else was pleased to see him because you know <laughs> he, he was he's got that experience. There's probably not a better Premier League defender out there you know, or ex Premier League defender yeah. out there. Um, and <laughs> when you read the fact that Jesse Marsh had turned us down, mm-hmm. you're thinking like, "Phew, yeah, well done. Let's get Dean in." You know, yeah. um, we hadn't got, we hadn't quite got to the um, Gerrards or the Lampards or the Scott Parkers uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yet. And Dean Smith came in, and if you look at what they've achieved at Brentford, uh, what Thomas Frank's done there, he was it, that was built on what. Dean Smith had put in place. A bit like Ranieri winning the Premier League was built on what Pearson had put in place. Mm -hmm. He got Villa promoted. He turned Grealish into a £1 billion player. Yeah. He he kept them up one season, nearly getting them into Europe. He didn't work out at Norwich, but then, like this season, I don't think anybody could have saved Norwich. When you look say where he was sat by Norwich, Norwich were in fifth place. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was like a bit of a Watford situation, so he was best of what was available with the team that he was bringing. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, do you think that Leicester can survive on the last day? And if so, or if not, why not, or why? Depends if you do us a favour or not. Against Everton, yes, yes. I don't know unless you're playing anybody else, but yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, there were you're, you're sat in fifteenth at the moment. You've not won mm-hmm. in three, uh, but yeah. you're safe. And, and congratulations to Bournemouth on staying up. Uh, thank uh, you, mate. I think Matthew from your channel sent me a compilation of everybody saying that Bournemouth would go down. But I think I said Bournemouth would go down. But you've got to take that into context that when we were all saying that, you had Scott Parker as your manager. Yes. No, very uh, true. Very true. Yeah. So, so, look, you know, well, you know, as you know, and I'd live just outside Bournemouth, so I'd love the both of us to stay up. But no, well done, the cherries on staying up. Well deserved. Um, we've made it difficult for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I would have probably given you a different answer before last night. Last night, I believe that the, the St. James's Park ground staff are still picking up bits of Leicester City players off the pitch because they left everything mm-hmm. out there. They yeah. literally did. Um, where that pride, passion and spirit came from, God only knows. Because mm-hmm. they didn't show it against Fulham. They weren't showing it against Arsenal earlier in the season. And finally, they grew a pair and, yeah. and managed to put in. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, to me, the woodwork was the man of the match. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Newcastle, it was just one of those games where if they'd still been playing now, they wouldn't have scored. Yeah. And... We could have snatched it at the end, and wouldn't that have been the biggest smash and grab in, in, in Premier League history? But 
And I, I love the fact that on 85 minutes, I think the commentator turned out, or the commentator said, like, I think, because uh, we we'd come into our own, we were actually fighting then. Dean Smith had actually, although I complained about the, the squad that he put, the team that he put out, he'd got it right in the end and he'd got the substitutions right. And the commentator said, I think um, Eddie Howe's going to actually take the point now because that will still guarantee him Champions League football. But yeah. if that Leicester turn up against um, against West Ham, and West Ham, obviously, they're safe. So they could be on the beach there. In the back of their mind, there is the you know, a European Cup final coming up. Um, you know, it, we could because up until last night, we hadn't seen a performance from Leicester like uh, Everton against Brighton, yeah, or Leeds against Liverpool. You know, we, we that wasn't within Leicester's. You know, we we couldn't do that. And, you know, suddenly, all right, like I say, it was all one way traffic, but we did what we had to do. You know, if we'd lost last night, we would have been down anyway. Well, not not guaranteed because obviously we still if you if you beat Everton and we beat them, we yeah. could have still we could have still stayed up, but we're as good as down. So it's given us a fighting chance, and I lo- I love about it is the fact that we we've got to win. A draw is yeah. no good. So we can't go out and think, oh, God, let's be a bit careful here. Let's not concede. But, we do know, a draw would keep us up. No, no, no. We've got to go for it. Yeah. And we're playing a team that we beat 2-0 earlier in the season. There's not many teams we've beaten this season. Uh, <laughs> and like I say, West Ham have got that European Cup final at the end of the and, and you know, at back, back of the mine. But I will be keeping one eye on the Bournemouth uh, Everton game, unfortunately, and again, I don't mean this with with any disrespect to Bournemouth at all. Because, like I say, congratulations on staying up. And you know, I've I've lived down here and I've been through your 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 recent history <laughs> with you. Yes, <laughs> but I can see Everton getting something. They're at home, um, and like I say, if they if they can fight the way they have been doing, they might just get that point that they need, and then it doesn't matter what we do. Well, I tell you what, let's go in reverse order then so the team most well the team in 19th at the moment Leeds United they're Mm. at home to Spurs how do you think that's going to go again Spurs you know (laughs) I mean Spurs is the club that just keeps giving and giving isn't it Uh, they I don't know you would it's at home uh, but Leeds haven't won in five. Uh, it doesn't matter, to be honest with you, because if we win, it doesn't matter what Leeds do. Because, yeah. you know, we're on minus 18, they're on 27. So unless they beat Spurs 9-0, and yeah. no matter what Spurs turn up, they ain't going to lose 9-0. Um, yeah. It doesn't really matter. But I could see that. I could see Leeds getting a point out of that one. So that would relegate Leeds regardless. Yeah. Right, let's go on to the most important one for you. Leicester and West Ham. Are you going to beat West Ham again? Heart and head have got two different answers here. Um, I'm going to go yes. Uh, I know like you could say, oh, we've got blue-tinted spectacles on and all that. But... Mm. I mean, it's the biggest game of the season. I mean, I've just done an yeah. interview with Capital um, Radio East Midlands, 
and they said, how big a game is this? And to me, this is the biggest game since the FA Cup. Bigger, probably, because mm-hmm. of the money that it will cost us. So it's a huge, huge game. Thank God we're at home. The crowd will be absolutely up for it. And if they say, if the Leicester, if the Leicester go out that turned up yesterday, not in the defensive mode, but in the, say, in, in the spirit, in the fight, in the determination, yes, Let's hope West Ham players don't want to get an injury ahead of the game. I know it's 10 days afterwards, but yeah. if, you, if you pull a muscle or something, you're out of the European Cup final. Or will David Moyes, who is rumoured are that he might be leaving at the end of the season, I mean, that's a way to go out with the European mm. Cup, isn't it? And yes. will he put out a weakened team? You know, but I've, I've, got to, I've got to go with my heart on this one and go, yes, I, th- I think we will beat West Ham. There we are. What score? Oh, now you get to it. I, I, I haven't done my score prediction yet. I no, that's all. Um, <laughs> oh, to be honest with you, um, I am going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-one to Leicester. I think they'll keep they'll keep us on the commode for ninety odd minutes. <laughs> but it might it might go in off Jamie Vardy's arse on the 90, 95th minute or something. I'd take it. <laughs> Right, and then of course, Everton against Bournemouth. Mm. I, I, okay, please do not take this the wrong way, but mm-hmm. I don't know whether Everton will win because I think I think you guys do, I don't think you guys are going to be on the on the pitch. Yes, you've got nothing to play for, but the pride yeah. counts as a lot. And of the, the season, I mean, you know, you you've still got this was the season that you. Um, but you, you know, conceded nine against Liverpool. Yes. So you want to go out with a bit of a bang. Um, you know, if we do you a favour, and in, in a way we could do by by beating beating West Ham for you, you could, well, you'll finish That's above true. West Ham. Uh, yeah. And you won't finish above Wolves because they're, they've got an 11, plus 11 goal difference on you. But you'd finish 14th. And, we you know, could finish above Wolves. Than, sorry? We could finish above Wolves. Well, no, because you'll have... We'll be on 42 40. if they get beat. Oh, 42, sorry. Matt's yeah. never my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we could do you an even bigger favour. And wouldn't it be yeah. good if you finish one place behind Chelsea? So, well, it would be remarkable, really. So I, But I do think Everton will get a draw, I'm afraid, on this one. I hate to say it. Draw. I really do hope Bournemouth, because I, otherwise I'll, I'll nip down to, 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 to uh, the vitality and... Put a sledgehammer through your windows, but I do hope to <laughs> beat them. But I think it will be a draw. So you think Leicester will get a draw? No, Leicester will get a win. I'm oh, sorry, Leeds will get a draw. Yeah, Leicester will get a win. Yeah. Everton will get a draw. Yes, that will keep Leicester up. No, it won't. It will. Everton will be on so 34 that will give points. Everton 34. Yes, it will. Um, give Everton 34 and then we would get 34 but we've got the better goal difference that is yes. to be honest with you I am literally I have got a spreadsheet of the different options of what happens if the, what happens if what happens if sort of things that I get <laughs> I am and I'm old come on I'm I'm, reti- I'm retired I'm old you know what <laughs> you know what that's like you know uh, <laughs> You know those days when you, you know you're out there out in the field with your hand up a cow's bottom. You know what those moments are. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, dear, dear, oh dear. Keep us up, and I don't 
give a damn whether we stay up on goal difference by a point. If we stay up, we stay up. And whatever happens, we're going to have to have a rebuild. But, of course, staying up financially makes all the difference. Exactly. Well, all the very best to Leicester in this battle. Um, Of course, I'm going to say that to the Leeds (laughs) and the Everton (laughs) fans as well. So, yeah. (laughs) I've actually done a thing on on my Twitter uh, and you can cut this out if you want to. But I said, uh, all my non-LCFC uh, followers, who do you want to see go down? Um, and at the moment, with 72%, it's Everton. <laughs> Leeds are second, and we're third on just 7%. So we, 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 I think we have the nation's love out yeah. there. Fair enough, fair enough. Although saying that, you put a poll. That's your poll, isn't it? So... No, but it does, say, it does say to all non-LCFC uh, followers. Fair enough. No problem. I didn't vote and... for this at <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> but before you go as well, um, and we welcome on uh, our Leeds fan, what would you like to say to the fans of Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everton and Leeds. Look, I've got nothing against fans of either team. Uh, I've got fan, and and it, this when we say these things, it is never a it's never about the fans. It's about mm-hmm. the club. Yeah. Um, a lot of people my age don't like Leeds because they remember so-called dirty Leeds. Um, mm-hmm. I have found Leeds. What I've liked about Leeds fans when they've come up is the fact that they've they've not been like. The Nottingham Forest fans. I'm not saying that just because it's Nottingham Forest, but they haven't been the we're back where we belong sort of attitude. Yeah. They've had the attitude of um thank God we're back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the right attitude to have. And I think Forest, they're staying up. God that hurts. Um but yeah, Leeds, please don't win. Everton, um look, I I, I don't really I'm not bothered about Everton as a club, but I I don't like clubs that just manage to stay up. Wigan used to do it an awful lot. Every season, they just stay up. They just stay up. And you're thinking, I'll oh, go down and give somebody else a chance. And Everton will be the biggest scalp if they go down. Mm-hmm. Out the three of us. All right, they've never won the Premier League. We have blah, blah, blah. But they will still be the biggest of the three of us to go down uh, as a club. And I think a lot of fans me included, like to see the bigger clubs go down. I mean, you know, if you're saying, would I want to see uh, Chelsea go down or Bournemouth go down? It's Chelsea at a million and one percent. 
because they're the, they're the bigger club and it's nice to see the big clubs fall sometimes. But to both the fans of both, I, I really don't hope either of you win. But I wish you all the best and hopefully see you soon. Yep. In, well, obviously, they'll be in the championship if you survive. Exactly. That's why I said see you soon. And I, yeah. I think a couple of seasons. <laughs> well, Chris, been a pleasure. And we shall find out what the Leeds fans have got to say. Thank you very much for having me on. And well done at staying up and enjoy next season. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And there we are. Chris has predicted Leicester to stay up. Told you. Told you. You know, it is predictable, this. Nobody's going to bet against their own team. So, of course, the team in the toughest position, let's be fair, going into this game is, of course, Leeds United. A team that we've spoken to a lot of their fans about across this whole season. Of course, we spoke to Dan as well um, from the Square Ball, you know, fantastic channel there. Um, And we have another Leeds fan on today. So we've got Kate from Leeds Bird Rants to tell us what she thinks of Leeds United. Of course, started the season under Jesse Marsh, now under stewardship of a certain Sam Allardyce but they have had three managers during the space of this season. Um, Of course, Jesse Marsh was in charge when we lost 4-3 up at Leeds. Um, When we won 4-1 recently, Javi Garcia was in charge of Leeds. To be fair, that game probably got him the sack. Also got rid of Victor Orta as well. So let's find out what Kate says about their chances of escaping the bottom three. Afternoon, Kate. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you? Yep. All good. Thank you. All good. Um, let's start off from the very beginning. Um, what's gone wrong this season? <laughs> um, I think, to be honest with you, it goes back beyond this season. Um, you know, I, I think this this whole thing sort of started to fall apart um, visibly after um, our first, you know, a season in the Prem. Yeah. And I think, you know, it for me, it starts at the top, you know, um, in my mind, as simplified as this, as this seems, um, yeah. Victor Orta, um, was handed a blank checkbook and basically uh, the reins at Ellen Road um, by Radrazani and he basically ran the show and he wasn't good enough you know he's made some you know he's made some good signings you know uh, we can't get away from that Rafinha um, uh, who else have we got um, Click Mateus Click, um, most recently uh, Woody Nonto, obviously, but I think I think it all started to unravel when when Jesse Marsh was appointed because he he was the wrong man uh, for the job. Um, so, and then of course you have got all the signings that followed followed that. You know um, the January signings. Um, you know the it, it's just been one catalogue. Uh, it's been a catalogue of, of, of bad decisions from start to finish, to be honest with you. 
Our two games this season have been quite big for ourselves, but also Leeds as well, because I understand back in October when we played you, or it was November, wasn't it? Um, it was fireworks night, yeah. believe it or not. Um, yeah. We were 3-1 up. We got beat 4-3 by Leeds, but there was talk of Jesse Marsh leaving the club then, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. But, of course, our most recent game, under Jeff, Javi Crisia, we won 4-1, and then there was a whole host of changes. Let's go back to that 4-3. And if we had held on to that lead, I know it sounds stupid, but do you think Leeds might have been in a better position because Jesse Marsh would have gone then? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think the 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 problem was that that's that was a sort of pattern with Leeds, you know, scoring scoring, you know, snatching victories um, from the eyes of defeat, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, which kept essentially Jesse Marsh in a job. Um, but, you know, he should not have, in my opinion, been around um, after the World Cup. You know, um, uh, he his style of football was uh, frantic, chaotic. Yes, they fought. There was they had fight. But um, it wasn't consistent enough, you know, and um the defence was shocking even then. There was no real attention paid to the defence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do. I really do think that, that that could have been, you know, if you had won that game, it might have sort of, you know, the trigger might have been pulled metaphorically a lot sooner. But as it was, it wasn't. You know, it, it, he, he was he was left in charge. And it took um, a defeat at Forest, you know, for him to finally be shown the door without anybody lined up. Yeah. I mean, you know, you couldn't make it up. And we get in an, a, a guy, Javi, who really, you know, lovely guy, mm-hmm. humble man, um, had success with Watford, but he was literally the only guy that we could get to, to, to do that. Interestingly, though, um, we didn't approach Sam at that point. And there's been a lot of speculation around the fact that if Sam Allardyce had had the 11 games in charge that Javi Grassi had had, um, he might have, uh, you know, things might be different now. But for some reason, again, Victor Orta didn't want, the phone didn't ring, um, apparently. And, you know, rumour has it that it was only when, when Orta left. And um, uh, Angus Kinnear, who's, yeah. who, who knew, knew Sam, um, from his Hammers days, I believe, um, gave him a call, uh, and that's when Sam was brought in with four games. I mean, who can do? Who can? You know, he's not a miracle worker, and even he's been saying, you know, you can. I've, I've told the guys what they need to do, but they're not executing it on the on the pitch. So, you know, I think the lack of managers, or sorry, the, what I should say, I think that the 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 managerial changes. You know, there's 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 been no one style that the players can get behind. You know, it's been chopping yeah. and changing, uh, different styles of play, different formations. Players are expected to uh, play in different in different positions, ones they're not used to. 
Um, take Tyler Adams, for example, you know, injured during training before the World Cup. Um, and well, it was a World Cup, wasn't it? Or was it the international break? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's been out, massive for us. Um, and, um, you know, it's, ju it's just been <laughs> one disaster after another, really. I did watch the whole of your game against West Ham the other day. And first 20 minutes, you started very, very well. Of course, Rodrigo mm -hmm. scored. Yeah. And then you just capitulated, really. It's, it's a nice word to put it. Um, just fell apart. Has that been the story of the season, really? Oh, God. It has. And more recently, um, score yeah, scoring first, yeah, especially with Sam scoring scoring first, and then literally sitting back. I don't know what happens. I don't know. I mean, you could you know you you could you know trace this back to um, you know to 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 all the, the games the the, the Palace game, um, you know the the Newcastle game. It literally is. We come out of the blocks, mm -hmm. and then it all. Go, I don't know what happens up here. I don't. Yeah. I just don't. I re, I, I'm lost for words. I don't even. I don't know what it is. Um, there's no sort of um, robustness. You know, they're not mentally strong. They don't know how to sort of score and then keep the pressure on. They score and then sit back. And fall apart. I'm sure you'll agree. You know, when when watching yeah. um, watching the game on Sunday, they fell apart. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to watch. And then you you, you sort of you question whether there's certain players in there who um, who are invested in the club. You know, that's been a big bone of contention as well. You know, players that were brought in specifically for Jesse Marsh. Yeah. Who, you know wandering wandering around the pitch really just sort of not really that bothered or they they give that impression um i was going i'm sorry i was talking about um tyler adams uh, earlier but you know without tyler adams western mckenney is like a shadow of his former former self you know he hasn't got his sort of his compatriot there he he and then he's had to step into that defensive midfield role and that's not his natural position if you watch him playing for um, the USMNT or Juventus, he's more of an attacking midfielder. Um, he hasn't had a chance to to, sh to to shine in that position. And it's just really, it's so sad. It's so sad what's happened. Mm -hmm. It's like watching a slow death. <laughs> <laughs> How does Sam approach this game against Spurs? on Sunday because there is no other option now. You've got to win that game. Well, yet again, it's really hard because as I'm sure you've sure you saw, Bamford and Rodrigo are injured. I'm not sure whether yeah. Bamford being injured is a major loss, to be honest with you. Although to give him his due, um he did there was some decent hold-up play um, in the first 20 minutes against West Ham. Yep. Yep. There have elements of it, but also with Bamford. I mean, he scored four goals this season, two goals last season. You know, this he's a number nine, for God's sake. He should be 
you know, so that's a different story. <laughs> but how does he approach it? Well, I think he has got to cobble a squad together, cobble a team together from a very sort of um, mismatched and unbalanced squad. And that, again, links back to the recruitment. Um, £35 million for a striker, Ruta, in yeah. January, who started once for us um, and is now playing for the under-21s. I mean, you know, he must be bad if he's he hasn't been brought on as a sub in the last four matches. That's all I can say. Um, so, you know, there's been talk of him changing it up. So perhaps even, you know, um, using Nonto um, yeah. up front. He has played um, in that position before for, um, you know, for Italy. He's an, he's an Italian international, as we know. He's really the most exciting player um yeah. for me but even in my in my video i did yesterday i said that you know even he has regressed being at leeds you know he hasn't done his he hasn't been a launch pad in terms of you know how brilliant he could could have been uh, to yeah. to to an amazing career he has regressed because of the chaos at leeds um so anyway i think what he's got to do he has got to somehow galvanize them mentally um, and try and field uh, maybe a different, a different looking team. I think we've got to be a bit more creative um, and we need somebody like Nonto for me. I be, I love him. You know, I love watching yeah. him. He's been the highlight of my season really, <laughs> um, but it's been sad to, to sad to watch what's happened, happened to him. You know, he, he was left out from for the most part under Javi. Um, so his confidence is probably shot, you know, and it's just, it's awful. So I don't know, to be honest with you, different formation maybe, um, but the defence is still as bad as ever, you know. Um, don't know. Of course, the last time Leeds were relegated from the Premier League, um, you had a difficult time getting back, dropped down to League One and, I don't want to remind you of that Histon game as well in the FA Cup, which was you'd never you'd never imagine, would you? You know, because Leeds are a massive club. You know, I've got to be honest, massive, massive club, and you know it was sad to see what happened. But surely this time, if the worst happens on Sunday, you should be in pole position to have an instant return. That's a really interesting uh, point, to be honest with you, because you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Um, I think, look, there are some positives. And I think, you know, if we've kind of accepted or I've accepted, and I know a lot of people that I talk to have accepted we're going down. So what we need to do now is regroup and, and be positive about the future. Yeah. Um, now, we've got the 49ers taking over the minor, minority shareholder at the moment and mm -hmm. obviously i think radrazani is off um, buying sampdoria so hopefully um some sort of deal will go through where they become majority shareholders so hopefully the ownership will be uh in place uh, you know very very soon um because without that we've got no certainty about anything um and then i i think for me and i'm, I'm just sort of doing a video about this at the moment myself is you know the director of football is so important yeah. and i think 
people um, underestimate, can underestimate the the importance of getting that right, um, particularly when you the names banded around to me this morning for for a, a director, a possible director of football is the guy who's currently at Norwich, um, yeah. you know, and then you look at what Norwich are doing, who he's brought in, and it's an absolute car crash. So, you know, we do not need anybody like that. We need to be smart with our director of football appointment. Um, and I, th I think for me, the key is getting somebody in who has a proven success right? you know um who's who's proved himself at another club um another guy that's sort of the name's been banded around is um kieran scott um yep. he's currently at borough he came from norwich to borough and doing a really really good job you know part of me thinks why would he want to leave because him and michael carrick seem to be working pretty well together um but you know somebody who's got a you know some success behind them um, he's brought in some great players into Middlesbrough. Um, and, you know, watching Middlesbrough play and then watching the way we play at the moment, there's no comparison. So I guess my point is, yeah, we should be in pole position, you know, with with a yeah. with decent ownership who are prepared to invest and the parachute payments, obviously, that we get. But whether we are depends very much on whether we get our appointments right. And that starts for me with the director of football and then, of course, the head coach. So, and then astute, buying astute players and getting rid of the ones that really shouldn't be in our team. If you had managed to keep hold of that lead against West Ham, um, you would have been going into this in pole position. Um, as it, it happens... You are in 19th place and do need favours from other teams. Um, with regards to the defence, um, you know, at Leeds, mm -hmm. and during that game against West Ham, it just looked like West Ham read the right act. They knew how to actually score against Leeds. And we showed it, we showed it a couple of weeks beforehand as well. Do you think that Sam is going to be working on that for this weekend because that really is the key, isn't it? I, th I, I think that, you know, to put a coaching team uh, into place like they did with Sam, with Robbie King and um, Carl, Carl Robinson, you know, I think they did a pretty good job. Those guys are pretty good, I think, you know, quite yeah. solid, um, but they need time. And four weeks, you know, is not long enough. Um, right. They can they can try things, but I think, to be honest with you, I don't think the quality is there. I do not think we've got the quality at left back. You know, we've got Luke Ayling, who, let's face it, you cannot, um, you know, you can't, can't argue with his commitment to the club, with his effort yeah. on the pitch, but not good enough for a Premier League team. Um, then you've got Rasmus Christiansen. Yeah, he scored a couple of goals, um, but passing is is appalling, you know. And you know, Leeds, as as you would have seen at West Ham, you know, they found themselves behind behind the ball so yeah. many times. Um, 
who who else was there? There was Pascal Stroik. I mean, really. And then who we have it left on? Um, I've forgotten who we had. It was oh God, um, I can't remember. Uh, Furpo was out. Um, was it Wober at left? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was actually. Yeah. Um, but um, whoever, yeah, I mean, look, we found ourselves behind the ball so often, and it was ridiculous. Um, and there's a there's a limit to what you can do. You know, when you haven't got quality players who've, who their confidence is on the floor. Um, so I'm sure he will be working with them. I'm sure he's been working with them all week uh, and, and will do. But whether it will make any difference, I don't know, because you're, you're absolutely right. You know, you can you can see exactly what the problems are um, and week in, week out. Um, same old thing, isn't it? Same old problems. We can... Yeah get on the front foot and score and then everything just goes to you know to pop basically and uh we all forget what we're supposed to be doing we lose our heads we lose our cool we lose our composure and you know we're easy to beat we're easy to beat people know people they they watch they watch leads you know they're not going to leads defense isn't going to change in a week and spurs will be I mean, Spurs, their form is appalling at the moment. Yeah. But then we're 18th in the, we're sorry, 19th in the, in the league for a reason. <laughs> because, you know, teams that generally speaking haven't won in, in a while, they, they walk over us. I think what, you know, the way I see it is the Leeds have got the best manager out of the three clubs in this battle. Um, but defensively, you know, I've seen a little bit more defensively from Everton. Leicester seem a little bit dodgy um, defensively, but hopefully, fingers crossed, Sam can sort that out for you. Let's Before I let you go, Kate, um, and I will get you to give a shout out to your channel as well, because it is fantastic. Um, let's predict these three games so we'll have to start with yourselves because you are in 19th spot are you going to beat Spurs you can go with head or heart here oh my god this is so difficult this is so difficult um the thing is if we do beat them we need to beat them by a lot to to have any sort of hope of staying up I think Oh my goodness! I uh... heart three one. Heart three one. Right. Okay. You know where we're going with this next, though, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to Leicester versus West Ham. Are Leicester going to do anything? Now this is an interesting one because. We were we were really surprised at well I was and uh, I know I've spoken to a, a few other people who were that um, David Moysfield did such a strong squad against Leeds on Sunday, um, so I'm wondering whether or not he'll do the same. If he does, bearing in mind you know they've still got a while till you know they play in Prague, so the players will be 
decently rested. Um, hopefully, he'll field a, a, a strong squad. And yeah, I think I think um, I think the Hammers will win that. Um, so I'm going for Puddam. There we are. So you're going above Leicester. How many? What, what's going to be the score? Two one. Two one to West Ham. Right. Okay. The big one. Us versus Everton. Are we going to get anything from Goodison? Oh God. It depends how how well um, Gary O'Neill knows Sam. <laughs> um i would like to think yes Mm -hmm. because i mean you have to think that um you have to think that uh, they're without um dcl aren't they yeah Um, and also patterson's out isn't he in defense i think is Patterson. He's out for, for Everton. I'm praying like nothing on earth that um, obviously heart says you can. Um, head says probably not. Because am I right in thinking even if even if you Everton draw, you know, that they stay up. They do unless Leicester win. So if Leicester win, Leicester have got a better goal difference than Everton. So they'll go into 17th place. Everton will go down. However, um, if Everton draw, it's going to be very... It would take a big... I think it's a nine-goal swing, isn't it? To overcome or something like that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It would Personally, if I can just say this, and I know it won't go down very well, I would, I would prefer Everton to come down with us. <laughs> Purely... Because of the uh, FFP we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, I think. What so. would you say to Leicester and Everton fans, Kate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> putting you on spot here. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not one of these. Like, well, do you know what? I, I, I have actually become more tribal in the last few weeks, but um, I like. <laughs> myself as a fair kind of person um look i don't to be to be perfectly honest with you i don't think any of the bottom four deserve to stay up i think they've all been appalling uh all season um i don't think there's really um a cigarette paper between us um you know we're but we are absolutely appalling at the moment and the difference i think between everton and leicester are they've shown fight and i respect that We've shown none, and that is the issue, and that is a big issue for Leeds United fans as well. Um, so I would say to them, do you know what? The financial fair play thing to Everton does annoy me, and it annoys a lot of other people. I don't think it's fair. That's why it's called fair play, um, and they've yeah. broken they've broken that so that is my only reason for wanting them to come down with us because I don't think you you should be allowed to get away with that. Um, but you know, fight it out. Do you do do what you need to do on the day and you know, may the best teams win. Say that through gritted teeth. On <laughs> 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 anybody, do you know what I mean? I just obviously, you know, I've got my sort of ethics to consider and and for me, I just think they deserve to 
to to to sort of suffer for that you know that the, they've like you know broken the rules so to speak so yeah Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, before you go, uh, do tell us where everybody can find you on YouTube as well, Kate. Yeah, I am Leeds Bird Rants, <laughs> Leeds United fan channel. So if you just put that in. Yeah. And I do I do a daily breakfast show and I also do videos throughout the day. So um well, not throughout the day. I'd probably do another video, uh, match previews and, uh, yeah, just general Leeds United banter. And, you know, yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, the people that I'm meeting through it are fantastic human beings and uh, it's all good fun, you know. So, so it's all good. We chat about football, which is what we like talking about. And, um, yeah, so uh, you can hop over and find me there. Give me a subscribe. And all the details are down below in the comments. But, Kay, all the very, very best for Sunday. Um, you never know. Hopefully, we can do you a favour. Um, you know, there is the, the small matter of moving up a couple of places for us. Um, of course, you're relying on West Ham to beat Leicester as well. So, maybe we can't go above them. But maybe we can go above Wolves. So, I um, genuinely believe you, you mean that. So, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, all the very. No, so, thanks for that. No problem at all. And yet, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be doing this next season. You never know. Well, we might when we meet each other in the FA Cup, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound optimistic. You don't sound optimistic at this point. <laughs> now thank you so much for coming on kate you're very welcome you're very welcome mate and there we go that is all the predictions please do check out all of those guys channels below and please do subscribe to all of them because they all do fantastic content um and honestly it fantastic and thank you so much to them throughout the season as well because they've been really supportive of this channel and, you know, likewise, we want to give a little bit back. I told you, I've got to now predict what I think is going to happen. Now, I am going to be completely honest. Everybody else has predicted. I'm going to be completely honest. I have got nothing against any of these teams. So there is no bias here at all. I am saying it as I see this. I'm saying this as I see it, what I think is going to happen. I am going to start in the same order that I've asked my special guests to start in. And that is from the bottom upwards, not Southampton. They're already gone. Bye, Saints. Um, but let's start with Leeds United. Of course, Leeds United have the visit of Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday. On paper, if you look at the three teams' games, this looks like the hardest one of the three. However, we know that Spurs haven't been particularly very good recently. We beat them 3-2. They've been getting dodgy results for the past couple of weeks. Leeds against West Ham, I watched that game, like I said to Kate. I did watch that game. I thought Leeds were very good for the first 20 minutes and completely collapsed. Sam Allardyce would have seen that and would have been working on that meticulously 
all week to stop that happening again. So, based on that, and based on this, like I say, there is no bias in this whatsoever. Leeds United, the team in 19th place, I'm going to keep you holding, aren't I? I'm trying to do an Anton Deck here. You know, when they announced the, um, what is it, Celebrities in the Jungle program. Uh, I'm trying to do that, but probably quite poorly. I'm not an Ant or a Deck. Um, a bit younger than them, um, but wasn't in PJ and Duncan, sorry. Um, let me carry on with it, rather than talking shit. Um, so, Leeds United, 19th place, under Sam Allardyce. I am awarding you, that was the wrong way, I am rewarding you a win. So, there we are, Leeds, as it stands, as it stands, and like I say, we're updating the table after each of these results, of course, I'm going to leave you hanging right until the very end, Leeds United are out of the relegation zone on 34 points. But of course, there is two left to play. It's a bit like a shit version of Eurovision, this, isn't it? Um, Right. Okay. Talking about Eurovision, let's go to Leicester. And of course, Chris from Leicester till I die. Right. Okay. Leicester, very, very good result against Newcastle United recently, a nil-nil draw. There was points in that game where they could have won the game. There was points in that game where they were holding on for dear life. Let's be honest, if they had been beaten in that game, there would have been no chance whatsoever. They have the visit of West Ham United. Of course, West Ham United were a side who recently beat us 4-0 at home. Leicester haven't been particularly very good, been weak at the back. Um, Jamie Vardy looks like he's struggling scoring goals, but there is players there. There's a good squad there. James Madison, you know, fantastic player. Harvey Barnes, another very, very good player. Out of the three squads... I would say that Leicester have probably got the best. Have they got the best manager? Like I was saying to Kate, I don't think so. I think Leeds have got that. But they're coming up against West Ham. And there is something that is making me think about this. West Ham are managed by David Moyes. Now, if you was watching at the start of the show and not glazing over, David Moyes is a former manager of which club? Everton. He's a former manager of Everton. Will he do Everton a favour or will he rest players for this European final? There's arguments for and against this. Rest the players. Make sure they don't get any injuries. Go into that game with Fiorentina with a fully rested team. But then again, is it always good to actually go into a huge game like that 
with a weakened squad. So, Leicester City, 18th place in the Premier League at the moment, managed by Dean Smith, former Premier League champions, side I've got massive respect for, in all fairness. Um, absolutely lovely fan in Chris from Leicester Till I Die. You spoke, speak to him quite a lot, actually. Local guy as well. Are you going to get out of this? Let's go to this commercial break. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there we are. That's that's what we are. We are now on the TalkSport Fan Network. So please, 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 please do check us out on our podcast as well. Any podcast you want. Right, let's get back to it. I'm just doing that just to wind Chris up. But sorry, Leicester fans, you probably want to know. Right. Leicester City, Dean Smith, 18th place in the Premier League, former Premier League champions, I predict that you are going to get a draw. A draw. It won't be good enough. And I'll be gutted, actually, to see Leicester go down from the Premier League. Um, Of course, that fairy tale story in our first season ever in the Premier League. um, It's such a shame, but I think the big game for Leicester, we would be having very, very different conversations, let's be fair, if you had won that game against Everton a couple of weeks back. And Chris mentioned it as well on this show earlier on. If you was listening, if you was listening to him, um, he did mention it, did mention it. So I am sorry, Leicester fans. Um At this moment in time, well, you're going to finish their 19th spot because, of course, Leeds have won their game. And then there is one. So Leeds United are out of the relegation zone. Everton are just behind them. Leicester are relegated at this point, fortunately. Everton, I will stand by this, were the worst team to have visited Dean Court this season. Without a shadow of a doubt, they were absolutely terrible. They were atrocious. They were that poor. I I just don't know what happened to them. They have got a decent squad of players. They haven't got much attacking for it up front. At the back, they look okay. You know, defensively, the players they've got look good. But then again, they get freak results like this game against Brighton. But then draw against Wolves. Of course, at this point, a draw would be enough for them. Sean Dyche, of course, was a manager that I turned around and said we shouldn't have here at Bournemouth. Am I right in that? Yeah, I think I am. Um, Like Connor was saying, it's a bit unfair to call him a long ball merchant. Probably was that at Burnley and probably was. That's why they probably went down because they were so fixed to that style of play. Um, But Vincent Company has given them a big reset and they're on their way back up. 
with ourselves, we have been, you could argue, we've been on the beach the last away game against Crystal Palace. That was a very, very poor performance. Although you've got to give, this is the thing, you've got to give Crystal Palace some credit here. You know, Elise, Eze, Joe Ward, they were fantastic that day. Um, Against Manchester United, we saw a better performance, though. We didn't look on the beach that day. We looked like we wanted to win that game. We could easily have got a draw out of that, and probably that was the fairest result. But since the Leeds game, we've done enough, and we have kind of just lurched towards the end of the season. Right, are you ready for it? Everton fans have been here before, so um, I'm sure that you guys are used to it. But Everton, in 17th spot, well, currently in our little table, 18th, because Leeds are in 17th spot. Sean Dyche, managed earlier on by Frank Lampard. 40,000 Evertonians in Goodison Park not been relegated out of the Premier League since 1951. Are you going down? And my honest prediction is no, you're not. No, you're not. Um, I think you will beat us 2-0. I honestly do. I think you'll beat us 2-0. Like when Benjamin Bloom spoke on this channel earlier on in the week. And do watch that interview now. You can watch that now, Everton fans, because I've said you're just going to be safe. Um, but, of course, there's no rhyme or reason behind any of my predictions here. Um, it is just my honest opinion. I've, I've said that none of these sides are going to get beat on the final day of the season, which is crazy when, let's be honest, that's why they're in the situation they're in, is because they keep getting bloody beat. So. Um, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Like I say, there is no bias against this at all uh, or any team. Um, but I honestly think there's going to be 40,000 Evertonians in Goodison Park. I think it is going to be hostile. I think the fans will get on the players back if they go 1-0 down against us. I can't see it happening because I think the players will know that and I think they'll be like, right, okay, we've got to win this game at all costs. And that's why I am betting against my own team here. You know, I've got to be honest, I am betting against my own team. But like I say, it's an opinion. It's an opinion of what I think is going to happen rather than, you know, just given bias and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be Everton, you know, don't care what happens to the other teams. I am just see it, saying it as I see it. And I think, you know, a 2-0 win will be enough for Everton. I think there will be times during the day where all three teams, and I say this lightly, all three teams are safe at one point. Um I think it'll probably start with Leicester because I think they'll probably go a goal ahead against West Ham. I think Leeds will get the lead um, against Spurs. Um, Of course, Everton, you know, 
I say that Everton being, you know, winning 2 0, Leeds would have to thrash Spurs to actually get out of that um, at any point. So maybe not Leeds, but I think Everton and Leicester probably will dice around. Uh, those two will swap places. But personally, I think just Everton will have the support, the backing, the whole drive behind them. Um, I think they're going to get out of this. So my prediction is Everton will finish the season on 36 points, securing safety. Leeds United will finish the season on 34 points after a win against Spurs. They will be in 18th. And I'm sorry, Leicester fans, David Moyes will do his old club a favour and get a draw against West Ham. Um, But like I say, this is just my predictions. And what I want to do is in that comment section below, can you all leave me once you've watched this video everybody please leave me your predictions for this game so put on there the results for Leeds Leicester and Everton and then work out who will be staying up that is my predictions um and I would be really really interested to see what yours are as well until the next show Thank you for joining us and all the very, very best to all three teams. And whoever does go down, I just hope that you get an instant result return to the Premier League as soon as possible. But thank you for joining us and thank you as well to the three channels that have contributed. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.